Reorienting the Therapeutic on this edition of Truth and Love. I'm Dale Johnson, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions for the problems that people face. And this week on the podcast, I am delighted once again to have with us Dr. Sam Stevens. And Sam serves here on our staff at ACBC as the Director of Training Center Certification. And I love having this brother around. It's been fun for us as we talk about the world of biblical counseling and all the things that that face us even today. You know, one of those things that that faces us in the culture today, especially for us uh, who counsel and who counsel from a biblical perspective, is we encounter uh, the ideas of the therapeutic world, therapeutic counseling. And it's not uncommon for us when we're uh, trying to do biblical counseling that we encounter folks who... Uh, who think in the normal way that our culture talks about counseling and talks about helping people, uh, which is definitely from a therapeutic mindset. And, and Sam, I, I think it would be helpful if we talk through some of this to help our listeners, to help our counselors in particular, to think through some of the issues that they're going to encounter uh, when they see someone who walks in the door. And this person is not uh, you know, distinctly uh, evil in their uh, or malicious in what they're wanting to accomplish. They are just being a product of the culture in which we live in. And so, what I want you to do first is just help us to connect this idea of the therapeutic mindset. What what do we mean by that? And then, how do we see this mindset appear in the counseling room and and help us to think well about it? Sure. When we think about the therapeutic, it, like you said, I think the term mindset is really helpful. You can also use the term worldview. It, to put it succinctly, I would define it as a mindset that is uh, determined to satisfy the self. There's been different terms used in, in the history to kind of uh, help illustrate this, whether that be a focus on self-actualization. Maslow really popularized that term, uh, self-fulfillment, self-esteem. Uh, we're in a search for wholeness. We're in a search for purpose. We're in a search for identity and what that looks like. And uh, very much so, the therapeutic mindset, the worldview that we're talking about today, very much coincides with the advent of modern psychology. And to just boil that down quickly for our listeners, in its various waves, psychology is a pretty large term, but boiling down to a redefinition of who man is. Uh, man as more of a machine, a, a sum of various parts. Uh, also, man as the center of his or her own universe. Uh, also, many of these theories uh, don't have a place for God in them. There's no, there's no economy uh, for God. There's no, um, there's no place for God. It's very atheistic or paganistic. So, in in one in one hand, it's this uh, this focus on self, this search for self. Um, all of those things are in play. And as you noted, also, we live in a culture that is, I think, in, in many facets, obsessed with psychology. I don't think I'm overplaying that, that term. Uh, have you heard uh, of concepts like extrovert, introvert, codependency, dysfunctional? All of these are psychological concepts. These all, these all came out of theories that, again, were trying to replace a biblical worldview with both what we're talking about this, this morning, uh, today, this therapeutic idea. And also, if you want to think of it at even a larger 30,000-foot view, the way that I would um, put this as well as the therapeutic is focused on 
as one author put it, eradicating dis-ease. Now, not, dis- not disease in the sense of what we think about most often, but dis-ease. Anything that would cause discomfort, anything that would cause unpleasant feelings, we want to eradicate that. We want to move away from that. We don't want to consider it all joy when we encounter trials and suffering. We don't want trials and suffering at all. And the therapeutic mindset very much, in either implicit or explicit ways, has kind of reinforced that major search that man has gone after. How do we live our best life now? How do we avoid any discomfort or pain? How do we uh, achieve all of our dreams and desires that we have come up with ourselves? And uh, modern psychology has, has, in many ways, come in to fill that gap. How do, we, how do we redefine man's problems? How do we come up with new solutions to those problems? I, I think in, in many ways that is what the therapeutic mindset is all about. Yeah, and I think the difficulty with the therapeutic mindset is, is you mentioned things like, well, well psychology promotes uh, an atheistic base. Psychology promotes a humanistic perspective. And, you know, sometimes in the church, especially if we've grown up in the church, uh, we may not even recognize how those things uh, influence us, but how uh, the language that you just described that we use on a daily basis, man, we are saturated with these ideas. And I think it's important, the discussion that we're, we're going to have here, I think it's important that we see just how influenced and impacted we are and saturated we are with this language um, of, the th- of the therapeutic mentality. Uh, so a- as we work through this a little bit further, how do we help somebody who comes in, they're broken, they have language that they've couched their problems in. They've had um, maybe even an identity that's been built by the way that they uh, have been told to think about their problems. And so when somebody comes in who struggles with the therapeutic as some sort of frame of reference, how, how do we go about helping them? That's a great question. And I think for many of our listeners who are actively engaged with discipleship and counseling ministries, this probably is not going to be as foreign to them as they would think. They, they probably don't think in the terms of the therapeutic, but when, uh, again, bringing it down to a very practical level, uh, these, are, these are individuals, counselees, that have carried away with them either uh, medicalized psychological or psychiatric labels uh, diagno- in the form of diagnoses, or many of them are self-diagnosed. They've read a popular journal article, they've taken a personality test, and they're very much trapped in this, this uh, framework of their own making in many ways. So in, in many ways, they're stuck. I think um, what I've what I found with counselors that have come to me and, and individuals that I've been working with, there's very much this idea of, well, I've got a lot of tools to cope with my struggles, but the common denominator across the board is there's been a, a lack of hope. And what makes this even more devastating to me is that these counselees that I'm talking about, these are believers. These are these are brothers and sisters in Christ. And they are left utterly hopeless. So what I found, um, I'm using a case study to kind of illustrate this for our listeners, uh, with a, an, a couple that I worked with in their mid-60s. Uh, I'll call them Bruce and Jan. And uh, Bruce had recently been given a psychiatric diagnosis. He didn't know how to deal with it. Uh, there were a multi- multiple issues that were going on with him and his family b- because of this diagnosis. I won't get into all that. But I will say, uh, in working with him over several weeks— uh, into a few months, actually, uh, I found three major areas that I saw were under attack directly because of this therapeutic worldview that he didn't even know he was entrenched in. And these were questions of identity, questions of responsibility, and a question of purpose. And I think those three those three topics I've seen just across the border, themes that keep coming up in my counseling, identity is under attack. 
uh, purpose is under attack, responsibility. And it's part of my responsibility and duty as a biblical counselor to help shine a light on wrong thinking, wrong perspectives on these, to- on these topics, and show them what the Bible says about these. Uh, I'll look at identity, for example. I think this is probably one of the most obvious ones. This came, came to me one day as I was working with a counselee who had been diagnosed um, with uh, clinical depression. And I, I listened to how he described his problem. And you know what he kept saying to me was, I am depressed. I am depressed. I am depressed. I am anxious. Or I've heard others say, I'm obsessive. Or these types of things. And what kept coming to my mind was the way that they're describing their problem. When was the last time I saw someone or I, I talked with someone and they said, I'm cancer? Very different way of thinking about it. Medical diagnosis came from a doctor. But in many ways, their very identity was tied to their diagnosis. He couldn't see beyond the fact that depression was him. Anxiety was her. And even though there's no really agreed upon or objective or scientifically verifiable definition of mental illnesses or disorders, we've talked about that some. It's all over the psychiatric literature. But because a doctor in about 15 minutes said, this is what you are, this is what you have, their lives had been forever changed. With, with Bruce, it had been something very similar to that. He had lived his entire life. He was in the, you know, his, his uh, later years, and his identity now had been told by a medical, prof- a medical professional had told him, this is who you are, and he could not see beyond that. And it impacted um, not only his own personal life, his marriage was impacted, his work ethic was impacted, every aspect of his life was impacted because someone had said, this is who you are. And he had walked with the Lord for many, many years. So in, in, in battling with this identity um, that he had been given through his doctor, there's a couple things that I wanted to bring up with him. Number one, Bruce, you are made in God's image. Uh, you are able to know God as creator, sustainer, provider, friend in the midst of your difficulty. The Bible presents a message of spiritual hope and peace that therapeutic categories can never bring. So dealing with this idea of identity, that's very much what I wanted to bring to the table, help unveil the fact that you are not determined, your life does not have to be determined by a diagnosis or an outlook that you've adopted that the world has claimed to, but that the Bible provides so much hope and so much promise because Christ is the one who determines who we are. God is the one who determines who we are, not ourselves. You know, that's so helpful. I think it really helps to to couch for us who we are in the Lord Jesus, and that we're not driven by feelings and emotions and even labels that we may be given. Now, there are several other ways. You mentioned, um, am I accountable? I think about, and it's well documented, that uh, Freudian thinking and then psychological thinking moving forward, therapeutic thinking moving forward, uh, one of the key elements that's happened in our culture is the relinquishing of responsibility. Right. When we think about relinquishing of responsibility, it, it, it's driven by blame shifting for all the problems that we have and that sort of thing. And the Bible really describes the problems that we face often uh, in distinct terms. And so one of the things that you have to help the counselee with, especially when they have a framework of a therapeutic mindset, is are they accountable? And often they wonder that. So how do you help them work through that idea? Sure. I think you're exactly right. And in some some approaches, you mentioned Freud, uh, Maslow and Rogers wouldn't even ask this question. There's nothing to be responsible for. You live your life as you see it, and you set the pace and, and the, the objective and goals for it. In the case of Bruce, 
it was very much, if I can boil it down to kind of a simplistic way of thinking about it, but I think accurate, the disorder made me do it. It was this victim mentality that biology and circumstances have determined his behavior. Uh, In this particular circumstance, uh, Bruce had really, his marriage had been impacted by this. He was no longer the loving, gentle, kind man that his wife knew him to be. His motivation for living had changed. It was very self-focused, very self-centered. His wife had turned into basically a slave for him, and she was very burdened because of that. Who is this man that I live with now? And when I confronted Bruce with this, he just brought me back down to his diagnosis. Well, this is my identity. I can't do anything about this. I'm trapped. I have no resources. I have no tools. All I have is maintenance. And she feels helpless, too, because he he's throwing out That's this, exactly this right. identity. Yeah. So, and when you look at the scriptures, and this is exactly where I took him, blame shifting is not new. This is something that we see from the very beginning of man. But it does not negate responsibility and consequences. Obviously, we see that in the fall of man. And so what I wanted to call him to remembrance for is that we are held responsible to God. And, uh, and, and no diagnosis can, no matter how severe it may be and, and the implications and the circumstances surrounding it, no, none of that can negate that fact. I think about Deuteronomy 4.9. There's a verse that I'd written down that I, I shared with him. Only give heed to yourself and keep your soul diligently so that you do not forget the things which your eyes have seen and they do not depart from your heart all the days of your life, but make them known to your sons and your grandsons. This is the thing we see all over the Old Testament and the New Testament as well. Remember, remember, remember. And it's about God and his faithfulness, but also our responsibility to live according to his ways. This is lost in the therapeutic because there is no objective truth and God is taken out of the picture completely. Yeah, and the interesting thing is we're not saying that a person doesn't feel despair or emotional distress. That is certainly a part of the reality of our human existence. I mean, we all, the Bible makes very clear that we all struggle with uh, despair and difficulty in so many ways. So we're definitely not negating that idea. We're just saying even in that and through that, uh, the, the power of the Word and the comfort that Christ gives through what He's done in the past and what He's promising in the future uh, gives us responsibility to respond to the Lord appropriately. Now, maybe one final thing, and we could probably go a lot of different directions, is we also see that a person, when they're captivated in that mindset, they often are curious as to who's in control in this situation. The therapeutic drives the idea that we should be self-empowered, that we should um, be able to cope through different mechanisms to overcome whatever difficulty we might be experiencing and feeling. And so how, how do we help a person think through uh, in that moment who's really in control and what is their responsibility? Because often what happens is the person feels the pressure on themselves that they have to do something with their own power to overcome this and why are they not good enough to accomplish that? And it leads to further despair and hopelessness. So, so how do we help them think about this issue of control? Well, this very much ties into the other two points. With Bruce, he had lost sight of, of his responsibility as a husband, and the joy subsequently, the joy in their marriage. The they had, they had had a beautiful long marriage at this point, and all of that had been really stolen away from them. And so, I think when you when you when you think about uh, the, the the topic of purpose, uh, the question is, what is my what is the aim 
of my life. What, what's going on here? The Westminster Confession says this, man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. The therapeutic worldview says this, the chief end of man is to enjoy my life as I make it and to hold on to it as long as I can. And very, I mean, as you can tell, very different approaches to life and the purpose of life. You're right. I, I find people in this situation are captivated by despair. And the only tools that the world gave Bruce were pain management, symptom relief, and left him with the idea that now it's up to you to rebuild a life that you want. Pretty hopeless, pretty pretty full, full of despair. And that couple came to me with a lot of questions and not many answers. So what I was able to show them was, let's reclaim the joy of our salvation and what God saved us for, and that is to know him well, to serve him, and to use this life for his glory. What a different way to think about our problems. What a different way to think about the circumstances that we find ourselves in. Then we really can say, as James says, we can consider even difficulties a joy. Man, this even talking about this, this makes me zealous for the hope that we have in the Lord Jesus. And, and when we engage people on this level, it's not for the purpose of condemning all that they've heard and the sweeping flow of our culture. That That's normal in the world that we live in. And, and Christians are going to be doing this all the time, helping people to think outside of the way the world thinks. And this excites me that we have an opportunity to engage uh, someone in their difficulty and help take some very unbiblical thinking and root them back into firm, solid, hopeful, biblical truth. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. Next week, we will be joining together for our annual conference in October of 2019. I'm so excited that we're going to be able to join together. It's a difficult topic that we're going to address, but we're looking forward to addressing this issue of suicide and self-harm. We recognize in today's culture, this is a very difficult topic and a very difficult issue. Would you join us in praying that the Lord would give us grace, that the Lord would give us strength, and the Lord would give us wisdom to approach that issue with kindness, grace, but also the truth that comes from the Word of God that gives hope to people. I do want to make mention that you can live stream our event. You can find the plenaries on our website, biblicalcounseling.com.